Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Great to have you in the house of the Lord as we're looking at the King, the King. And you probably connected the dots during the song service, the scripture reading. But we're in Revelation chapter number 11, if you will. Uh, Revelation chapter number 11. Look at verse number 15. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices, or a great number of voices in heaven. Put down point number one, if you will, the call of heaven. The call, the call of heaven. 15. Uh, And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Uh, You need to help me out. Forever, forever, hallelujah, hallelujah. But this is the passage from which Handel wrote Messiah, the hallelujah chorus. And I promise you the great number of voices in heaven, uh, I promise you if they're singing that tune, they're definitely singing those words, uh, it would have resonated. Uh, It would have echoed through all eternity. But do notice, the kingdoms of this world are become... They are become the kingdoms of our Lord. Don't misunderstand. They've always been his, but they are become. Uh, He's already uh, always been uh, king over that, but they are become. He he still owns it, but he's yet to occupy it. Uh, He still owns it, but he's allowed other occupants uh, in it. They are become. They are become. And I understand the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but uh, he's allowed occupants to inhabit, uh, and some are turning to him, others are rejecting him. Some are turning to him, others are rejecting him. Uh, We uh, owned our first house in Dyer, Indiana. Uh, It was 111 Schmidt Drive. And so uh, a little white house uh, across the street from these huge houses. And uh, they had a housing development on the other side. Uh, we chose the poor side of the road. Anyway, uh, we owned the house, but we allowed an occupant uh, in our house. And I'm not talking about Stephen born then. Uh, I'm talking about, uh, we're not necessarily dog owners, but we bought this dog uh, and his name was Smokey. Smokey was the dog. Uh, it was black and gray, and I have no idea what breed the dog was, nor uh, are we even sure how to care. We tried to do our best, but Smokey uh, decided, I don't know if he was teething, but uh, he was chewing on the baseboard in our house, the cupboards in our house, uh, all of the wood in our house. Uh, we owned it, but he was destroying it. Uh, and so we moved Smokey to the backyard thinking, well, that'll, that'll solve that. And Uh, He went to work on the new fence that we put in, kind of a privacy fence, Uh, and he was just gnawing and gnawing and gnawing. We had no idea what to do. Hey, we owned it. Uh, We allowed him to occupy it, uh, and he was trashing it. Uh, He was trashing it, Uh, and so uh, we found a good, loving, more knowledgeable family to take care of Smokey, uh, and we we ended up uh, reoccupying the entire, uh, the the backyard of the house has become the backyard, and so uh, it's that type of a feel. He owns it, but he's allowed other occupants uh, in it, Uh, and don't miss that. Don't miss that, because it's a space of grace. Uh, It's a door of opportunity, God's grace, God's mercy, uh, opening that door for a time, uh, saying, trust me, uh, come on in, uh, let me be your Savior. Uh, We understand that they've always been his, the uh, Lord's Prayer, for thine is 
the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For, for thine is, uh, you ever, in fact, we have Diego, they purchased a townhome. Uh, they lived in Odenton, and because they decided they're going to stay long term, uh, they bought a, a house closer, but uh, the ones that sold it to them are renting it from them. And I think that anyone that's bought a house has either seen that, understands that. And so uh, Diego, our Spanish pastor, he owns it, uh, but, but uh, the occupants are still living in it, are still renting it. Uh, eventually, not only will he own it, uh, he's going to be present in it. He's going to occupy it. Uh, and those renters will uh, end up doing what uh, they do, moving or, or renting something, something else. Hey, it's that kind of a feel. The kingdoms of this world are become, uh, are become. They've always been his, but because of his grace, because of his love, uh, those animals, Smokey, our dog, uh, he, he gives a space of grace for them to come to him. I think if we get our minds around that, we'll understand the temptation of Christ when the devil said, took him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world, all the kingdoms, for thine is the kingdom, the earth is the Lord's. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And the Lord basically says, I'm on the right path. I'm on the righteous path. Hey, all those are mine. All those will become mine. Uh, I want to do it God's way. And uh, I love humanity enough. I don't want to mandate men by my power. Uh, I want to motivate men with my love. Uh, I don't want to mandate humanity uh, by my power. Uh, I want to motivate uh, humanity uh, with my uh, love. And because of that, uh, he allowed himself to be despised and rejected of men. Uh, he allowed himself to be scourged, to be spit on, to be spit on. Well, it shocked me when I realized he wasn't spit on one time. He was spit on two times. And the only time that he ever spit uh, was to heal a man, making that, that dust into clay and, and healing a man. Uh, but here they spit on him twice, not healing but harming. Well, he went through all of this to show... God commendeth his love toward us. Hereby perceive we the love of God. And so the devil comes and says, you can have it now. You don't have to go through that. And the Lord almost says, they're already mine. It's already mine. And, and I want to make sure that everyone has a chance to come to me, to repent, to trust me as their Savior, that space of grace. It's almost like David. Remember King David when uh, David uh, was run out of town by Absalom? Anybody remember that story in the Old Testament? Uh, it was more, though, David willingly left town for the good of his son Absalom. Hey, David could have killed him. David could have overthrown him. Hey, David didn't have to leave there, uh, but uh, not because he was scared, but because of that space of grace giving Absalom time to repent, Absalom uh, time, time to, to turn back, to change his heart. Oh, yes, he would recapture the kingdom, and, and, and oh, yes, uh, he would reascend uh, the throne, storm the castle, but for this time, because of his love for Absalom. Uh, remember when that took place, and he told his men, deal gently with my son Absalom. Deal gently. 
hey, the reason I didn't stand and fight, put down that insurrection, uh, is because I love him enough. Hopefully he'll see my grace. He'll see my love. He'll, he'll see the mercy that I'm extending. But if he doesn't, uh, I will recapture the kingdom. Uh, I will storm uh, the castle. And he did. Uh, and by the way, we're in the tribulation period, and that's what's happening now. That's what's happening now. You see, in the garden, there was a hostile takeover. In the garden, there was an insurrection. And because of God's love for man, because of God's love for man, he gives him a space of grace to repent, to come to him, to trust him, to, to, to reestablish, reconcile that relationship with him. Don't forget, he's always been the true king. But I guess the question is this. Have you made him your king? Have you made him your king? And so the call from heaven, uh, many voices calling the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. He shall reign forever uh, and ever. Put down number two, notice the coronation of the king. The coronation of the king or the affirmation uh, or the acknowledging that he is my king. Uh, look at verse number 16. Verse number 16. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God. They fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. They're coronating him with praise. With praise. They're affirming their allegiance to him by bowing the knee uh, they're praising him. They're acknowledging, hey, this eternal king is our king. This eternal king, the king of kings, is my king. And so uh, the call of heaven, the call of heaven, and now the coronation of the king, that praise outpouring, that, that worship lifting up. Uh, they're praising him for his titles. Look at verse number 15. The kingdoms of the world are become the kingdoms of our, say it, our our Lord, he's master. And of his, say it, Christ, he's Messiah. Our Lord, he's master. Our Christ, he's Messiah. Our Lord, he's supreme. Uh, our Christ, he's our savior. Look at 17. They're praising him because of his titles. Saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord, God Almighty. Uh, our Lord, our God, he's almighty. He deserves our praise. I remember when Caitlin was uh, younger and she was praying for the meal. Well, I love when Charlie prays for the meal. Uh, hey, Charlie, she's 18 months old. and Hey, Charlie, let's pray. Uh, and Charlie claps her hands together. Uh, and then we bow our heads. She keeps her eyes open and watching to see who all is closing their eyes and uh, checking it out. And then uh, when we say, in Jesus' name, amen, she claps. I love the fact that she claps after that. Uh, I hope she never stops clapping for the glory of the Lord. Uh, I hope she always has that heart. Caitlin, who was a little bit older at the time, uh, when we bowed our heads, we folded our hands, uh, and she started to pray, prayed something like, Jesus, dear Lord, our heavenly Father, our mighty God. By the time she was done, say amen already, say amen already. And uh, she was praising him for his titles, and that's what they're doing here. Uh, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, we're seeing a lot of his names here. They're praising him for his title, acknowledging, hey, he's our king, and also praising him for his timing. Look at it in verse number 15. 
He shall reign forever. I would sing it, but you guys didn't help me out. Anyway, uh, and he shall reign forever and ever. His timing is eternal. His timing is timeless. His timing is always right on time. Look at 17. Saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and which wast and which art to come. You are, you were, you always will be for all times right on time, timeless, eternal. They're praising him for his titles. They're praising him for his timing. They're praising him. And by the way, keep in mind, you can praise him without him being your king. But you can't have him as your king without you praising him. Oh, yes, you can sing to him without him being your king, but you cannot have him as your king if you're not singing to him. They draw nigh to me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Well, I want to I follow him with my heart first, heart first. Boy, that loving the Lord our God, all our heart, all our soul, might, strength. Boy, I want to love him heart first. They're praising him, acknowledging him for his titles, for his timing, for his triumphs. Look at it. Uh, he shall reign for uh, ever. And ever, and the four and twenty elders sat before, fell on their face, and we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art, which was, which art to come. Because, here it is, thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. Keep in mind, here they are, they're bowing, they're bowing. Hey, he's, he's already the king, but they're bowing, acknowledging he's my king. He's my king. Uh, you'll see it in the military uh, when someone salutes a superior officer. They salute. Uh, it's an acknowledgement. Uh, it's an affirmation. He's my superior. Boy, you salute. Uh, in uh, monarch, monarchies, um, you'll see them uh, not salute. You'll see them actually bow. Actually, are you praying for me? I'm about to kneel. Okay, so uh, you'll see them actually uh, bow. God, my finances, boy, I'll bow my finances to you in tithes and offerings. My schedule. God, I'll bow, I'll bow and affirm. Uh, you're the king, but you're my king. Uh, Sunday morning, uh, you're going to have uh, your will, your way, first place. Uh, my, my devotional time in the mornings, I bow. I bow my relationships. I bow. Uh, I bow my strong will to his will. That king is my king. Okay, now really pray for me because I'm going to try to get up. You ready? So uh, uh, they're, they're praising him. They're affirming that he's their king. They're acknowledging, yes, he, he's the true king for all times, but the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. And uh, I want to make sure that, that I acknowledge that he's my king. Well, he's my king. Uh, it's interesting to me that that coronation, uh, that anointing, that acknowledging uh, happened three times in the book of Revelation. Uh, we've already seen it, Revelation. We've already seen it in Revelation chapter number four. Four and twenty elders, four and twenty elders, bowing, uh, worshiping, kneeling. Uh, verse number 10, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, power, for thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure they are, were created. Wait, chapter four. Uh, and it's basically in chapter 4 before his family. Uh, we get a glimpse of the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to come. We're going to see it a little later, but 4 and 5, a, a glimpse of uh, that glory. And so they bow first, uh, kind of uh, in front of the family. But then here in our chapter, 
It's in front of fellow servants. Fellow servants. There's a bigger inclusion of people that are bowing. And then, not just in front of family and now fellow servants, but in front of everyone in Revelation chapter 19. Listen. And the four and twenty elders again, and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne saying, Amen. Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye servants, ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard as it was the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. I love that three times, that, that reaffirmation, that, that rededication, that, that renewing of their commitment to him. Uh, it, it is indicative of what I need to do on a regular basis. Uh, I need to bow and reaffirm, you're my king, uh, to, to rededicate my life to serving him. That's what revival is all about. Uh, I was vibed and now I'm revived. But anyway, uh, I was made alive at salvation and then I'm revived when I start slumbering and start getting spiritually lethargic. Uh, and so, uh, in front of family, in front of uh, fellow servants, in front of uh, friends. It, it, it's a lot like how uh, in Roman times the generals would be required to come back once a year to reaffirm their allegiance to Caesar, to reaffirm their dedication uh, to that king. Uh, and here, 4, 11, 19, uh, we see that over and over uh, and over again. By the way, is he your king? David is a prototype of what they're doing here. Uh, and of course, we're looking at the son of David, the greater than David, the one that's going to rule and reign on the throne of David. Uh, David was anointed three times to be king of Israel. Uh, once when he was really young, 1 Samuel 16, in front of his family, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. Uh, he was a teenager then, before the battles, uh, a teenager then, uh, before the conflicts, a teenager then, before the responsibility, but anointed first in front of his family. His family realized it first, and then God was preparing him and growing him and maturing him with battling Goliath and dodging spears and running through hills and caves. But his family saw it first. I was called to pastor when I was 18 years old. I can take you to the time and place. 509 11th Street. It was a green apartment building. Uh, on 11th Street, down the block to the left, was a huge Roman Catholic church. Uh, I could see down the alley across Central Park to First United Methodist Church, the church that I attended growing up. Uh, and I remember reading my Bible, lying down on that shag carpet. Does anybody remember uh, shag carpet? And, uh, and then every once in a while seeing those two churches and God breaking my heart, uh, God calling me. Uh, just every town should have a Bible teaching a Bible-preaching church in it. Every town should. And I'm not talking about just a Baptist church. There's a whole lot of Baptist churches that are preaching politics and opinions and rule. I'm talking about next chapter, next book of the Bible. And, and God called me to pastor then when I was 18 years old. Uh, notice, I did not come to Rosedale when I was 18 years old. Neither one of us would have made it when I was 18. But, but, but God took that time for maturation, uh, for for. 
uh, uh, enlarging who I was, going through college and the battles, and then starting a family, and God matured me even more. Uh, and then uh, the subsequent, God growing, God blessing, and, and it wasn't until I was 30 years old, 12 years later, that uh, and in the same way, David, uh, when he was young, teenager, was anointed, was anointed, and then family first, and then in front of his fellow servants, 2 Samuel chapter 2. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Family first, fellow servants saw it second, uh, and then before everyone, 2 Samuel chapter 5, so all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron. King David made a league with them in Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed, and they, and they uh, anointed David king over Israel. Well, I love the fact that David, that prototype, shows us the pattern for Revelation where the greater than David, the one who's going to rule and reign from the throne of David forever, boy, anointed in front of his family, dedicated king in front of his fellow servants, and dedicated king in front of all humanity. Uh, and in the same way, chapter 4, chapter 11, chapter 19, he's always been the true king, but is he your king? Have you made him your king? And, and by the way, if you want to reel this back a little ways, uh, it's family first. If my Christianity doesn't work in my family, it doesn't work at all. If my Christianity doesn't change the tone of my personality with my family, it doesn't work at all. And so the coronation, the coronation. Well, uh, we have the call uh, of heaven to make him king. The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of uh, our Lord. And then we have the coronation. But then look at verse number 18. In fact, let's start at 15. Let's walk it in. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for it. Anyway, ever and ever. And the four and twenty elders were sat before God on their seats, fell on their faces, worshiped God, saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which uh, art, which was, which uh, art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned, and the nations were angry. Put down point number three. The contrast of man. The contrast of man. It's going to be shocking. It's going to be shocking, the contrast between those who have, have a heart for God and those who have a hardness of heart. It's going to be shocking. It's going to be shocking because during distress, differences are displayed. During distress, differences are displayed. Well, he, you know, he doesn't believe in the Lord, but he's not that bad. Hey, during distress, it, it may seem like they're close. It may seem like they, they're, they're, they're moral, but during distress, differences are displayed. Uh, and you'll see it. It's going to really ramp up here uh, in the next couple of, uh, of chapters where, where uh, God, the whole planet, the whole earth, he, he's shaking up the planet to wake up his people. Uh, and you're going to see those differences displayed in an incredible way. It's almost like if you put a, a block of ice out here. I love the repaving, the, the surfacing that we did. A, a block of ice out here, and you also put a lump of clay out here. Same asphalt, same parking lot, same place, uh, especially if it's the last couple of days. Uh, same sun, baking it. Uh, one's going to become harder, and one's going to melt more. 
Uh, the same sun, different effects. Same parking lot, different effects. Same asphalt, different effects. Uh, and you're going to see this from now on throughout the rest of Revelation, how uh, one group who has a heart for God uh, are bowing and worshiping and praising and, and loving him. But then there's another group going through the same problems, the same distresses, and, and they're not bowing and worshiping. They're standing in rebellion, blaspheming our God. Uh, and it's striking, again, how God has gone to such great lengths to try to reach people, sending his son to die for people. Uh, and, and then, now in Revelation, sending messengers and prophets, miracles and wonders, uh, all that's going on. Uh, now, uh, adjusting his tone in, in the tribulation to try to wake them up, to try to get their attention. But then in chapter 7, those 144,000, those 144,000 set apart, sent out, but the contrast, chapter 9, listen, and the rest of the men which were not killed by the plagues, yet repented not uh, of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk, neither repented they uh, of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of his fornication, nor of their thefts. Boy, it's almost as if God's in heaven saying, what do I have to do to wake you up? What do I have to do to get you back? I loved you, and you drifted. Uh, I had grace and mercy. Uh, I left that door open, but eventually it's not going to be just motivate by love. Uh, eventually he's going to reign and rule with a rod of iron. He's going to mandate with his power. The 144,000 witnesses of chapter 7, and then the two witnesses in chapter 11. Those two witnesses that died three and a half days dead in the streets and, and then revived, and they're still rebelling. They're still not uh, repenting. Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, in chapter number 14, an angel flying through heaven with the eternal gospel, uh, proclaiming it to all kindreds and all nations and, and all tongues, uh, saying, uh, fear God, give glory to him. Uh, and then in chapter 16, verse number 9, uh, the men blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over the plagues. They repented not to give him glory. And the fifth angel poured out the vial upon seed of the beast and his kingdom full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongue in pain. Boy, the contrast of man is so striking to me. Uh, those that have heaven in their heart are saying, God, you're right. God, you're righteous. Those that have hardness in their heart are saying, God, you have no right. You have no right to allow this to happen. Boy, they're not repenting of their works. They're rebelling before their God. Uh, instead of blessing him, they're blaspheming him. Instead of using their tongue for praise, they're gnawing their tongue in pain. Uh, and Lamentations kind of gives us that, that during distress, our differences are displayed. During distress... Do you have Christ in your heart? Uh, do you have a heart for heaven? Uh, are you spiritually minded? Then you'll land on the right side during problems. But uh, if you're not focusing on him, if you're uh, rebelling against him, uh, you'll always rebel against him. Lamentations. Wherefore doth a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? Let us search and try our ways. Turn again to the Lord. Turn again to the Lord. Turn again to the Lord. Hey, let us lift our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. 
and say, we have transgressed, we have rebelled. Those that have heaven in their heart are lifting their hands. Those that have hardness in their heart are shaking their fists. They're repenting not. They're blaspheming God. The contrast is going to get more clear and more clear as we walk through the book of Revelation. Put down point number four last. The commotion of heaven. The commotion of heaven. Look at verse number 19. And the temple of God was opened. Say that word with me, was, was opened. Say that word with me, was, was opened. In heaven, and there was seen in the temple the ark of his testament, and there was lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Uh, as God is working down here, there's a whole lot going on up there. But I do think it's striking the grand openings. It's at least noteworthy, the grand openings uh, in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. A door was opened. Chapter 6, verse 1. Seals were opened. Chapter 9, verse 2. The abyss was opened. Chapter 11, verse 19. The temple was opened. Chapter 19, verse number 11. Heaven was opened. Chapter 20, verse number 12. The books were opened, and God does all of the openings. He does all of the openings except for one. Uh, He's the one that, that opens all of that except for one, and he allows us to open that. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, if any man open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. And again, the question is this. Have you ever bowed your knee? Have you ever opened your heart? Is this king? Is this king? And he shall reign forever uh, and ever. The Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Uh, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms uh, of our God. He's the true king. But the question again is, is he your king? Is he your king? And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.